Welcome to the Proto Hack Podcast, where we explore the world of non technical entrepreneurship. Each week, Proto Hack co founders Blake McCammon and Cole Fox interview different non technical founders on the ins and outs of being a non technical founder in the technical world. Tune in to hear advice from non technical founders who've made it, profiles of entrepreneurs who have launched businesses and successfully raised capital, and stories of those who have made the most of non technical skills to achieve success. All right. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Cole here with the ProtoHack Non-Technical Podcast. Uh, first of all, welcome to our show. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Cole. Absolutely. So, um, so indeed, you're a non-technical founder of Vitru, uh, hailing out of Nebraska. We'd love to, to pick your brain, figure out how you've uh, had success so far, and, uh, and hear your story so we can, we can send it off to the ProtoHack community out there across the world. Um, so I'd like to go ahead and uh, start things off just with a, a high level intro. Um, just go, go ahead and give us a, a quick, uh, career background and what led you to starting up your, your current business. Sure. We started Vitru, uh, in the end of 2011, um, after a career that I, uh, after I graduated college, um, began my career in actually in the financial services industry, Cole, um, um, in the banking side of things. Um, from there, one of my clients um, that we had uh, at the bank there was um, in need of uh, HR and recruiting talent. And so th- throughout my life in, in banking and, rec- and finance, um, recruiting was something that you just did. It, 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 and it came natural to me, um, that ability to, to build relationships and understand how um, putting, putting people in the right places led to success for the institution and the, and the individual, um, kind of like riding a bike. And I, I, I can't explain it in any way than that, but this institution, uh, saw that, Hey, they really needed that help. And so for about five years, I built an HR team, a recruiting team, understanding how the brand, um, uh, the, the culture of that, of that organization helped in our recruiting efforts. So, um, so I left to start basically here. The idea call was is to create a consulting firm that would help organizations articulate their, their culture, um, um, succinctly to help them recruit. Okay. But as we started doing this, uh, the idea of a consulting firm just doesn't scale Cole, And we couldn't help enough, enough customers with just, just hiring people to do that. So we decided to start a software. That would that would help um, organizations um, put a thumbprint or a really good idea on what company culture is. I mean, you see that all the time in the Bay. You know, people say, "Well, this is our culture, and this is this," but really, what is that? So uh, that's that's been that's been our um, a little background on my career, and and you know where we are today um, is is this has morphed into really. Um, uh, a software that helps organizations build and design teams. We pivoted about two years ago after listening to um, a lot of our customers talk about our software, and that's where they wanted our energies and our efforts to go. So, great. Well, thanks for giving us a background and uh, give us some metrics. Yeah, um, of course, any that, that you're, you're able to publicly talk about of where sure. you're at with that. Sure. Well, um, our new our new product. The newest product that we have launched about three weeks ago, and um, I will just tell you this: um, we're we're extremely pleased, Cole. We're extremely pleased that that we've put a team together that 
understands the needs of our customers and that we can listen to them. Um, and the idea of, you, you can, I hope you can attest this, if you've worked with anybody at all, you, you kind of want to enjoy working with the people that you work with and you want to understand what motivates them um, and, and gets them going to work. And we've been able to really, really create a solution that helps in that world. Great. Well, I'm glad to hear things are going well. Um, yeah. Sorry, we're, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, we're up and to the right. And I, I from as far as metrics goes, um, Cole, you, you, the best way that I can say it is, is um, we have customers that are small startups all the way to large Fortune 500 customers. So it's been it's been invigorating to us to see that we're not just a solution for small to medium sized organizations as we first thought that was our value proposition. It's also working for larger enterprise level customers. Ah, gotcha. That's great. Always yeah. good when you can uh, have a solution that works for a diversity of uh, uh, size clients. So that means you're, you definitely got a great solution. Well, great. Well, let's move on to the next question. Um, tell us about your role as a non-technical founder. So, um, so it looks like you got your degree in <laughs> education. That's right. Um, so perhaps maybe you were looking to be a teacher at one point or something of that sort. Either way, you were passionate about that. And now here you are running a successful software company. So obviously you're not coding. And, and as we know in Silicon Valley, the big talk is, oh, who's your technical co-founder? Do you code? And so tell us what you've, you've done as a non-technical founder. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot that somebody could do and mm -hmm. it's integral. But what are, what are some of the roles that you've you've done for your business outside yeah. of coding. I would say that's probably been, that has been the most difficult piece of growing our organization and our team is really understanding what it is to lead a software company because the um, skill sets that I had, um, that I had learned and became very comfortable with in leading a financial solutions team or an HR team are really different when it comes to iterating um, and growing, um, growing softwares. So, I mean, uh, the, the old entrepreneur or the old leader would say, hey, let's build a complete product. Let's make sure that we you know, cross all our T's and dot all our I's. But in today's technical world, you need to be very fast. You need to be product focused and, and nimble. So I had, to, I had to adapt to that, that world very fast. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly. So how about some of the other activities you did, um, such as were you in charge of um, raising investment, yep. uh, working on the product? Like what were kind of list off some of the, the activities you've done? So when we founded a little bit of background on what hap what's happened to us as an organization from 2011, uh, end of 2011 till, until today. So we um, initially began with an idea. And the first hire that, that I made was um, a designer, a creative um, from, from uh, an organization that we were using to do some design work for us. So Nick Bartlett has been with us since day one. Um, then I found a co-founder from, from an investor standpoint. Um, we went out and looked at, um, we, had, we, did it, we, did it, we did it the wrong way. Cole, we did it the wrong way. We, we designed PSD files. Um, those PSD files were then given to developer, to a development team that we hired to build our first 
prototype. Then that prototype was taken to the market. We didn't do any, we didn't do any lean, um, lean development. So, um, in the early stages, I was in charge of hiring development talent, engaging, uh, understanding what the product uh, needs were, um, selling the product into the market, as well as raising capital. Gotcha. Great. Um, well, thanks for giving us some insight on that. Um, so the next question, are there, is there a really strong lesson you would, you've learned, if you could turn back the clock that you would change uh, based on a lesson you've learned. And what is that lesson? Yeah, cool. That's, um, that's probably the best question. Um, we all know that we all know retrospectively we're perfect or we're able to make better decisions. Um, I would, uh, I would say the most important ones. Can I say two or three? Cool. Um, sure. one of the most, most important ones is that, that, I didn't surround myself with a really strong product team with an understanding of what product focus was. Um, they were good development teams. They were good um, developers, but we really didn't have, we were missing a third, that third leg. Um, and so our growth, we first use it, used a development out. So we outsourced. And so we stayed with them for that six five to six months while we built the first product. The second time as we began to grow and we um, pivoted, we hired a contract developer for a six-month period of time and hoping that that individual would become our CTO. He did not. And um, our, third, um, our third hire um, is our, now our CTO with Brian. And that's been the biggest difference is, is to find someone who can not only develop but has has a passion for developing products. He also or she also can code, but they have to be a product person. So that was our biggest mistake. And the second mistake I I did is is that um, we we built too big of a product for our first release. So you know everyone warns about product creep and and um, those those issues. But the reality of it is, is we should have built a lot smaller application, a more specific application and taken it uh, to customers very early. So great. Those, those are our biggest mistakes. Love that. I love that advice. And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely something that happens common. Um, and, and it's, it's a great lesson for people that attend our events when they're just starting out. So um, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll resonate and be very helpful to a lot of people. Thanks for sharing that. We, we, we took, we took, took our, our first product, product our specific application. application. We took our first product to market. market. It, it took us uh, about six to seven, seven months to build. build. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was it a was job matching platform, the ability for job uh, seekers, uh, passive seekers to be matched to opportunities. Mm -hmm. And in order to power that, we had this tool inside the tool that helped the organization identify what that culture was of those certain roles. And so we went out to the market, Cole, and every single customer that we tested with said, I don't really care about this job matching, but I really like this small little nugget in here that, that helps us identify and know what our teams are. So if we would have, you know, if we would have just concentrated and built, you know, 50% less of a product, we would have learned that, you know, 50% sooner. Hmm. 
So. Very interesting. That that nugget that was hidden in there ended up being your the the main product. <laughs> That's a whole product. That's our main product now. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, great. Um, so tell us about um, your mantras, rituals. What keeps you energized? Um, looks like you you have a great family here based on your LinkedIn profile photo. Uh, I'm sure they they keep your head on a level level plane when things get crazy with the business. Um, but tell us tell us a little bit about how you sort of structure your life and if there's any advice for entrepreneurs out there to uh, to keep their their head on straight. Um, I I didn't anticipate this question, Cole. I I will tell you that the hardest thing for the hardest thing for a person my age. I'm not a young. I'm not a young entrepreneur. I'm 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 43 years old. Um, so uh, later, later when it comes to the idea of starting companies and, and starting software, um, the hardest part for me is is getting away from the company and um, not working a bazillion hours uh, a week. That's that's very hard for me. Um, I have been blessed by a wife that has tolerated the risk that we've that we've begun. And that's why I say to everybody that's going to start a software company um, or, or, or an idea, stay with the current, you know, if, if you're working full-time somewhere, you don't have to leave that role to, to go like you guys to, to hack something together in a, in a three or four week period and see if there's traction, take it to customers, get it out there. You know, I made a huge leap and I left and um, um, that's, that's difficult to do. So, uh, um, but, but I also am crazy. I, I love to sell products in the world. And so the, what keeps me balanced is a four legged thing called a horse Cole. So I don't know how many podcast listeners do you have that, that value time out, out in Nebraska on, on a ranch, just riding horses. That's, that's my sanity there. That's great. I actually, believe it or not, grew up on a llama ranch, uh, not in Nebraska, but we did go to a an auction out in Nebraska once, and uh, it was it was definitely um, it was definitely an, a, a fun experience that was <laughs> different. <laughs> now, now llamas. So. Now, I, I I hate to get off topic, but llamas spit. Am I not correct? Is that what they do? That that their defense? They build up. They uh, like, do. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I thought that was it. So okay. yeah. So um. So yeah. It was my my stepdad. He was a businessman, an entrepreneur, and and believe it or not, one of his his endeavors was the llama business. And he he really liked the serenity of uh, of having a ranch. And and I mean, we couldn't ride the llamas, but <laughs> it was definitely a, a ranch lifestyle. So I know that uh, that maybe the, it's a small subset of our listeners, but but. Uh, at least for me, I could empathize that it's nice to nice to be able to get out, get out there and get back to the the roots, if you know well, what I mean. So. It, it, it for 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 me, it allows me to disconnect, and some sometimes that's where the moral of the story, if the big picture is, is you have to disconnect from even something you truly passionately love, which. I love Vitru. I love our team and what we're doing and our customers. But at times, you have to disconnect and say, you know what? I, I just need to go think. And so I don't do yoga. I, I don't do any of that stuff. But <laughs> but I but I do but I do ride horses. So there we go. It's it's we could call it cowboy yoga. Yeah, yeah cowboy, cowboy yoga. There you go. That if that catches on, hashtag cowboy yoga. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I might have to add that as as a hashtag when we uh, when we tweet this podcast out. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, cool. Um, so last question here. 
Um, so talk, you talked a little bit about needing to acquire some, some technology skills, perhaps not learning how to actually code, but there were some, some specific technology related skills you, it sounds like you, you really wanted, or at least needed to acquire. Um, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what those were and, and how you went about, uh, learning those? Um, if you're not willing to at least have a good understanding of what development processes are, you shouldn't be in software. So in other words, the same skill sets that, that got you by or, or helped you um, along in life are not the same. For instance, our first application was built on .NET. We pivoted, built on PHP, and now obviously it's built on Rails now and Angular. But no one heard of Rails, and or especially Angular, three years ago. You see what I mean? So, so I've had to really understand what that, what a development process looks like. I had no idea what agile development was. I had no idea what sprints were, um, what milestones, how we how we um, deploy. Um, so, if I will be honest with you, if you're a non-technical founder wanting to run a software company, you better realize that it's kind of like going up Jackson Hole's you know, the, the peaks at Jackson Hole, you, you, you have some work ahead of you. Um, but I've been blessed to have some people that if you show the gumption or show the willingness to learn, they stand right beside you and, and, and help, help you learn. Very nice. That's so, uh, solid advice. I, I, our, our team, our team doesn't need it, need to be a developer. I mean, um, I think if you have too many developers on your team, um, then you're not well-rounded. We have a, our team is unique in that um, I love to sell in the real world. I love to go pitch to organizations and um, um, be that. Our other our other team members, that's just not um, that's not something that they enjoy doing. So so if you didn't, you need to kind of have a well-rounded team. That's common sense. I'm sorry, Cole, but. Sometimes we, we surround ourselves with people that are just like us, and that doesn't help. Yeah, I, I agree. People don't uh, often enough don't become conscious of the fact that they can choose their uh, their friends, their coworkers, a lot of things in their life, and 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 at the very minimum, it, are, aren't conscious of how it affects them and, and their choices. So uh, that's uh, it's definitely a, a valid statement that that should be repeated. Well, cool. Um, well, that's all the questions I have. Um, just in closing, uh, Ryan, um, tell us, just give us the, uh, the elevator pitch again on <gasps> Vitru and yeah. uh, what you guys do and, and a good way if anybody wants to reach out to you, how they can contact you. You bet. I tell I you tell what, what. Vitru, Vitru really is the, um, the application that provides you the tools to build great teams. So our platform teaches you about your own patterns and motivations at work and then about the people around you. We always say with the handles that we've provided, you can virtually tinker with team building, even, even predict how colleagues work together, which we think is really fun. And, um, and by giving you those tools, you can now harness the strengths of the individuals that make up your team. So um, teams are comprised of fulfilled people. And, uh, and when fulfilled people are working together, amazing things can happen. So we also like to say it this way. Here's the elevator speech. You hopped on and, and we connected on LinkedIn, Cole. LinkedIn told you um, what I've done. Vitru tells you why you do what you do. So um, they're, they're, they're really 
that really work well together. Very cool. I like that uh, that word "why" when used in the context of business. There's a, a, a TED talk I saw the other day by a guy named Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. And uh, yeah, highly recommended uh, uh, a video to watch. Um, um, so yeah, TED talks, as you may know, they're like quick fifteen minute talks. Yes. And so Simon uh, uses Apple, and and he talks he talks about. Um, Apple really believed in the why, like, why are we around? Why do we exist? Why do we do business? And, and they really understood that and, and honed in on it. And that contributed a lot to their success. Um, so yeah, that when you said that, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of, uh, subconsciously already discovered that. Um, and, uh, and his talk definitely validates that idea about the why in business. So, yep, yep. And Vit- cool. Victor's assessments, I mean, you, you, 20 minutes, by, by investing 20 minutes, you'll now know all of your 15 work values. You'll understand your personality traits, which are very similar to Myers-Briggs. But what we've done is the ability for you to, instead of printing them off like the old days, you know, saying, oh my gosh, here, here's your three-ring binder, here's your three-ring binder, let's all get together and do a trust fall, which is horrible. But what we can now do is in real time, overlay people using Vitcher Compare or Vitcher Relate and go, man, this is where we're really, there's just, there are some synergies or here's where some disconnect is. And we're not advocating that you need to make everybody the same, but we're just saying if we're going to work together, even, even virtually, you know, if, if Cole, you and I are working on a project and you're in the Bay and I'm in Nebraska, we need to know, wow, that's what you value. I get, I get the work that you do. Awesome. Well, great. Well, Ryan, um, we'll let you get back to, uh, to doing Thanks. your great work over there at Vitro in Nebraska. Thanks again for being on our podcast. We and our community really appreciate uh, the knowledge and lessons you've learned to share. Um, and, uh, and, and if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way? Absolutely. You guys just go to Ryan at GoVitro.com. If you want to email me, Ryan at GoVitro.com. Or, uh, or heck, even pick up the phone and call me. Um, our, our contact uh, 800 lines on there and and just push one and it gets you right to me. Sounds good. Well, thanks again. We appreciate it. And uh, I will let you know when we uh, release the podcast. Sounds great, Cole. Thanks for having me, man. Sure thing. Thank you.